he asked me to take a walk with him. He didn't say anything for the longest time. And then he turned to me and he said, Woodman, we need each other. Words and music. And he crossed his fingers, showing how they go together. Remember, words and music. Episode 8 of the Words and Music podcast featuring none other than Sam Grow. Sam, I'm so excited to have you in the studio. Thank you so much for coming in tonight. I'm more excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. So this one I've been waiting on for a long time because you come through town every so often. I never quite get to catch you. But tonight, snagged you. I know. I just sweep <laughs> through the night and I leave. Yeah, we're like two ships passing. I know. And doing all that all stuff. All the time. But so I've been very curious about you. And to learn more about Sam Grow, and I want to hear about your musical journey. Now, you are originally from where? Southern Maryland. I was born in Southern Maryland. Okay. Then I grew up in Winfield, Kansas. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then Hurricane Isabel came through, and my dad was a power lineman. So okay. when the hurricane came through, he had to move back to Maryland. A company called him, Smeco, and was like, hey, if you come back, we'll act like you never left. Nice. And uh, if you come back. So we came back, and I grew up the rest of the way. To 17, and then I've been on the road ever since. So at what point did you realize that the stage was where you wanted to be? And when did you pick up your first instrument? When did you decide you could sing? How, how did that all play out? When I was five is when I first started singing. Five years old, you started singing. Yeah. You were the dad. kid at the parties. The mom's like, oh, yeah. come on up here, sing a song. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, once I figured out that like people liked it when I sang, mm-hmm. at first I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad had me go into church and sing Amazing Grace. I chickened out the first week, cried, didn't want to do it. Next week I went, did it, sang, people clapped. And I was like, man, this is awesome. That feels and good, right? Yeah. I was like, man, this is cool. I should do this more. I want people clapping for me every night. Exactly. Yep. And then when I got into high school, I realized that if you wanted to have a lot of friends, especially that are females, <laughs> you should learn how to play guitar. Smart man. Yeah. And so I went to my dad. I was like, look. I, I really would like a guitar, please. And my dad, my daddy worked hard for everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "You have to earn it. Go borrow a guitar from one of your friends." And he's like, "You have to learn some songs with substance." He's like, "If you come back and play me like Green Day, I'm not gonna buy you shit. Yeah, you're not getting anything. smart. Nothing, you know." So I sang him some. Uh, eventually, got to a Sam Cooke song. Sang okay. him some Sam Cooke. My daddy had me when he was forty. So like wow. he loved the soul, old soul music. You got to so, hear all that good stuff then, I did, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I was blessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I sang him that, and he was like, let's go get your guitar. And wow. that was it. So it was the first song you learned on guitar. That was it. That was it, Sam yeah. Cooke. Yeah. So what song are we talking about? Bring It On Home. Bring It On Home. Yeah. Do you still remember it? Oh, yeah. You ever play it in your set? I do. That's I just, awesome. I just released a... Uh, a deluxe album, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, my label just put it out. <laughs> <It's> surprise! <laughs> yeah, they're like they literally over Christmas. They were like, "Sam, uh, we just released this," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> cool, <laughs> sweet, love and whiskey yeah, deluxe." I forgot what this sounds like, yeah. and yeah, so they had me go in the studio and just like record some. What they were telling me was just going to be videos. Mm. Did the videos. They liked the audio so much that they put it out on the deluxe, and it's out. So I have, if you would like to listen to a recorded version, you can go on Spotify. That's cool. Listen to it or maybe request it here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, call Crystal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we actually have a room full. We have some company with us tonight. We do. We have a peanut gallery. We have a peanut gallery. Of course, my husband Randy is here. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Big hey. Sam Grove fan, as you can see by his T-shirt. That's right. Big we're Sam fans. Grove We're fans fan. of each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's fans of Randy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Joe over here. Your Whoa. drummer slash... Hype man slash what? What else do we call you, Joe? He's been my best friend for ten years. A really? Long time. He's yeah. my longest relationship. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing really well. At Try it. to interfere nice. with us, ladies. I think We've you never, guys are the one. <laughs> We've never cheated on yeah. each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we have an open relationship. Yeah, we're pretty open about it. He's yeah, like, yeah. hey man, hey man, I have gonna, a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's totally fine. fine. Oh, man. So, all right. Well, that's just the, sh- the short story on Joe right there. Yeah. Been around. So you uh, you said to your best friend one day, hey, man, let's go on the road. Or how did that work? No. You, you started a band? No. And he could play drums? What, no. How did that work? Tell us that so, story. I had a drummer before Joe, and we got to where we were playing. Uh, his name was Ernie Frieda. He's badass. And uh, we got to where we were playing 250 dates a year. Ernie had two kids, two boys, and they were starting to do motocross and stuff, and Ernie wanted to be able to hang out with him sure. more. 
So he was stepping out, and I was looking for new drummers. Joe's, uh, he was in a band with his brother called Hydrofex, and uh, they were, you know, touring, doing the whole thing, but they all decided that they didn't want to do it full-time, and Joe did want to do it full-time. So when he heard that I had a position open, he called, was like, hey, can I play drums for you? And I was, we did a rehearsal, went and played a show at this place called Hotel Charles 10 years ago. Wow. And uh, he's been in the band ever since. Right can't, on. Can't get rid of him. You can't get rid of him. Yeah. No, I find make, that true about Joe, too. They don't make no creams. <laughs> like they don't make no creams for that. <laughs> I, just, I just keep flaring up. Like, hey, look at me. He just keeps flaring up. That All must be the ginger. That's the ginger in you. That's mm-hmm. it. Oh, man. So tell me about the first time you stepped out on a stage. I was, I, I mean, I, I consider it a stage. I was like 15, 16, and my dad had this bar, uh, Hotel Charles, that was right across the street from Smeco that he would go there every Wednesday night. And he somehow convinced the bartender there to allow his very underage son to come and play <laughs> for tips. Wow. And uh, I, every Wednesday I would just go there and I'd play for his friends, and uh, they request songs every week for me to learn and play, and I just – I caught the bug. That was it. Yeah. And then uh, I realized too quickly that my friends that were like washing dishes and, you know, being busboys and Bagging stuff at, at Lido's and, and yep. pizza, they were like, man, <laughs> how much did you make last night? I'm like, yeah, I made like $300. Like, I have to work all week for that, man. Yeah. Yep. So then I just started playing everywhere I could. Any place that I could play, I would play. And uh, just really fell in love with it. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe used to be a pizza guy. I mean, you look like a pizza guy. I feel like a pizza guy. <laughs> I don't want him to. I've seen what he does. I don't want my, him ever touch my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> ever. If you ever meet nasty. Joe, don't let him touch your food. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> he nasty. Oh, man. So you're 15 years old. You're playing in a bar. I mean, you grow up quick in yeah. that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Right? So at what point did you realize that um, writing was something that you wanted to take on? Because you, you're a great songwriter, too. Thank you. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to. I mean, I wrote my first song probably when I was like 11 or 12. It was, and it was nothing that I ever just consciously sat down and was like, I want, I'm going to write a song. Right. I just started, it just happened. The and, words just found you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, of course, whatever those young teenage angst was, oh, I yeah. put it on paper and, uh, and it just never changed. I just, every time I've had any kind of emotion or idea or was going through something, it just helped me to write it down. And, yeah. and that was it. So when you were 11, 12 years old writing songs, did uh-huh. you ever think at, you know, 20, 30 years, you were going to be writing even better songs? They were going to evolve. Do you do you have any of those songs from when you were 11? Do you still did you keep any of them? Did you incorporate my, them into anything that you've mom, done? My mom has like this little notebook that I used to write stuff in. I don't I couldn't remember like yeah. how. But I mean, I was in bands all through high school. So I have like those old demo CDs sure. and stuff. <laughs> and they're horrible. But <laughs> You know, I would never play them ever to oh anybody. But I, you know, I, I do have it. Yeah. And, and some of that stuff. It's cool to to go back and listen to it. How much I've I've grown as a writer. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. All right. So find back in your memory bank the first time you ever came into contact with somebody that in your mind was a star. Who was that person? Well, I, I mean, I think everybody has their own definition of that. Right. Uh. I'm fortunate enough that two of the stars that I was, you know, thought they were the best thing ever, they're in my band still. And wow. that's, that's Mike and Gene. That's cool. Gene uh, was in a, a rock band a long time ago. And, you know, a lot of people would in my area, the Southern Maryland area, would tell me about Gene. Um, he used to work at the local music store um, back in the day. And he was winning, like, being my songwriting contest. Yeah. And, he was the he, cool he, guy at the record owned, store. Yeah, and yeah. He, he owned his own studio. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it, for me, it was just like, if man, if I could just write a song with Gene, it would be over. And you have know? you done it? Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. I wrote my first entire, my album, the, like my first full length that ever came out a really long time ago. Me and Gene wrote that whole thing together. What's it called? Give it a plug. <laughs> it's Is it still Ign- available? It's called Ignition. And no, if you no. have it, there's there's some people <laughs> there's some people that have it, uh-huh. and they're selling it for like $55 on what? eBay. What? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So look for Ignition Y'all on eBay. Y'all better watch out because if it keeps being at $55, I'm going to go find some of them things in my mom's garage. And yep. <laughs> I'm about to screw their game up. 
I'm going to claim that I'm not me and just like, sell like a whole bunch. I'm sure of Joe would yeah. say yeah. yeah. I got them Undercut that right market, now. baby. I don't care. <laughs> JoeBarrick.com. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's awesome. So you start out playing guitar. Do you play any other instruments? Yeah, I, I play a little bit of drums. I mm-hmm. play bass and piano. And You play but, piano? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not, I mean, I'm not that great at it. Yeah. But I started playing piano. That was my first instrument. Okay. And uh, and I used to be a lot better at it, but then I once I got the guitar, that was it. That's yeah. my main squeeze. That's your baby. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you on that. I try to be a drummer every once in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah. Hey, With enough whiskey. Good. Just, you do just, good. I give you that. Just so I can keep Joe on edge. Yeah. I'm trying. But he doesn't know. I'm at home practicing my my soulful roles. Like I'm like, like so you're I get gonna it. try and out sing him yeah. nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That is perfect. All right. How old were you Half-time when you? Chili blows me up. <laughs> hard times. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. Oh man, how old were you when you hit the road? I was 16. You were 16. Yeah. So 15 years old, you're playing in a bar. By 16, you're heading out on the road. What was yeah, that first? All the time. What was that like? It was awesome. At 16 years old, all yeah. your friends are in school, going to football games, going to the prom, yeah. doing all that stuff, and you decide it's time to make a career out of this music thing. Yeah. I li- at 17, I graduated, and then I never looked back. Yeah. I just kept playing everywhere yeah. I could. And uh, I was, again, blessed that I had Mike Stacy and Gene Quaid in my band where they had played music their whole life. Yeah. So they raised me out on the road. Uh, there was a never like it was never a time where my mom or anybody was like worried about me because I had Mike and Gene out there with you me. You had a protection detail. Yeah, I had two, yeah, two, yeah. two dads mm-hmm. with me, you know, and uh, so that we just every place we could go, we would go, and I've, I've never changed, you know, from a from a car to a van, van yeah. to an RV, RV to a tour bus. Yeah, you're in the tour bus now. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. It is. I don't want to move too fast. I don't want to get into what you're doing right now just yet because I think you've had an interesting journey along the way. So mm-hmm. at 16, you're a young man. You're out there on the road. Uh-huh. Tell me something crazy that happened during those days. <laughs> just pick I pick one, pick two, pick whatever you want. Just man, tell me. Honestly, a cl- you need to, you oh, need Joe's to got stories. Story. Honestly, my favorite crazy story about you is when we met. When uh, we yeah, I'll do that. that. Yeah, please. Safe. It's safe, but it's hysterical. We, we don't need safe. We're on the Internet. Oh, yeah. Do it to it. Well, Tell you said to be safe. You can't be like, one time we were doing cocaine. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, I feel like all that. the crazy that ever is involved in the road is the women. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I've met and seen and dated a lot of those. <laughs> like, pretty much all of them. But, I mean, yeah, I'll tell I don't. I don't feel like our, our story is that crazy, though. I mean, they know? carried you out of a bar. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, it's, I don't, it's not that crazy because he doesn't quite remember all of it. <laughs> yeah, me and Joe drank an entire, well, the story goes, I'm on stage. This is the first time me and Joe have met each other. Okay. He brings up a tray of Jaeger. And uh, I was like, oh, man, thanks. Uh, I was like, thanks, bro. I appreciate <laughs> you getting shots for the band. And he said, no, this is your tray of Jaeger. I can't carry two at the same time. My tray's back at the bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he went and got his tray, and he set it down on the front of the stage. He said, here we go. He goes, you have, every time I take a shot, you have to take a shot. If you don't, oh. then, you know, you're a girl. This is like some twisted game yeah. he played with so you. So I did. I did the whole thing. Yeah. And it was fine until other girls showed up and got him and me to drink Jameson on top oh. of the tray of oh. Jaeger. It was awesome. And they carried me, they carried me out of the Hard place. Times. My stomach is turning just thinking about yeah. that scenario. Just, yeah. I mean, uh, I've had some nights on Jaeger. It's not... It's the it's worst. It's not pretty. I it's the worst. I, to this day, I don't ever want to drink it. Ever I don't again. even like to smell it. It was the first thing I got hammered on, too, when yeah. I was 18. And that was yep. a terrible one to pick. I, <laughs> that was, I did some dumb stuff. <laughs> we that, all I did. mean, the first time I got drunk, too, I was like, man, I'm going to, all the rules, like mm-hmm. the beer before liquor. Yeah. And you're not supposed to cross light and dark. Yeah. I, was, I got drunk and was like, I'm going to break all these rules. And we're I'm going to show gonna everybody these that theories. I'm a champion. <laughs> and how'd that go? Oh, trust me. I've done that. Yeah. Terrible, oh, I've man. done that. Yeah. Uh, luckily, everybody, I feel like I've always been like everybody's mom's favorite kid. Mm-hmm. So uh, luckily, one of the girls that we were partying with, her mom found me in their front yard oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and pulled me inside and, t- and took care of me that night. Oh, and, wow. And I was I was good you yeah. know, after that. But yeah. I, I never did that 
dumb stuff ever again. We have a nurse in our group of oh, friends. Thank God. Who, she bring the IV out? She pretty much, she could. She, she would she's, if offered. She, yeah, she's offered. She's offered. I mean, I have watched this woman pick up <laughs> vomit with her bare hands. Oh, Jesus. Like, she is a rock star. Yeah, we, had, we had a guy over at the house get very ill, very drunk. Mm-hmm. And she was over there with the bucket trying to hold it. And then also and the stuff that didn't make it in the bucket. Out of the carpet. She's oh, pulling it, it out of the carpet and off my couch. So off. I'm pretty sure there was there was Jägermeister involved in that night. Oh, I don't know. Where there's Jäg, there's trouble. How dope would it be if bars allowed the IVs to be at the bar? <laughs> like you could sit there and get rehydrated while you're drinking. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people don't know an IV is a lifesaver, yeah. especially after Legit. a night of drinking. Ooh, like, is that yeah. is that in Pedialyte? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We keep we, Pedialyte pops in our freezer. Oh, same man. Pedialyte, <laughs> Pedialyte pops. That is a game pops. changer, though. Have you had those? They're amazing. Oh yeah. man, they got to be better than that, Luke. Like, cause salty look, water, been, Nancy. They, yeah, there's yeah. been times where I'm having to run into CVS and just do the straight room temperature mm. grape, <laughs> and, it's, and that's exactly what happened the last time. New Year's Eve was awful, by the way. <laughs> It was awful. <laughs> they so we have this deal at Cowboy Coast. You pay the every all the people come out. You pay sixty bucks, but it's all you can drink, top oh, shelf included. Lord have mercy. So that you can drink, Ooh. we drink the bar out every year. Wow, that's just what we do. And I made the mistake of getting on the microphone, being like, <laughs> "Hey, if we don't drink this place out of Jack Daniels, I'm gonna be disappointed in all of you." Yeah. Well, they here come all the bottles of Jack Daniels with oh, the dagger, yeah. like the bartender tip on it. Yep. And they just kept. So first the band and. Me, we drank the whole bottle, the first bottle. Mm-hmm. Second bottle was the band in the front row. Third bottle was the band, front, and second row. Oh, my gosh. And I couldn't, every night we came out did an encore, I don't remember it. I don't, I don't remember anything. You just reminded me of the first time that I met you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were a belligerent is... mess. No, 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 no. I know where this is going. You know where this is going. It was a couple of... October's ago, right? So October of 2017, 2018, 2017. I don't know. Anyway, it was a barbecue festival. KGQ Fest. KGQ oh, Fest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was the first time that I really got to meet you guys. And it was my job to introduce you. It was my job to bring you guys out on stage. So, of course, I'd been working with Joe. I hadn't really met you directly yet. But I get introduced to you at your RV at the time, yeah. before the tour bus days. And the first thing y'all do is invite us in. To take a shot of Jack. That's how we roll. That's how they roll. And by the time I got up on stage to introduce you, I couldn't feel my face. Yes. And then I got, I don't even remember how I introduced you, but I got, I was walking off stage and Joe goes, that was the best introduction awesome. ever. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I don't remember what it said. And now, yeah. Sam Grow. I'm Crystal Blue and I'm drunk. Yep. I'll see it. Probably. I think I said something about getting into the hot air balloon and taking a ride. I don't know what the hell it was, but yeah. yeah so you have this whole love affair going on with Jack Daniels. I do. That I am impressed with. It's, I do. It's incredibly impressive. Yeah, me and Jack, we go way back. Yeah, well, and you, you, that's a song. It is. Sakes <laughs> Rice is going to cut it. Uh, is he really? No. Oh. <laughs> See, you had me. You, man, I, I believe you should have totally kept going with that, man. I believed that. How many times do you think you've written a song that involved whiskey? I, mean, I, I ask because your album's called Love oh, and yeah. Whiskey. I feel, like all, I feel like all life experiences look you can't I, I truly believe you can't be a good songwriter unless you live true like that's the first step mm-hmm. if you're not out there living and doing something then yeah. you don't really have anything to write about and great art comes from great pain. Yeah. those life experiences yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's loving people yep. and it's getting drunk yep that's honestly those are the best <laughs> stories and that's what people like to listen to true that so it's it's falling in love falling out of love yeah and then drinking about it mm-hmm. you know and that's that's how i, I truly yeah. believe that's how you do it so yeah I'm, i've been me and jack we you go yeah, way back. Yeah, we go, we go way back. I got to go write that down. You need to go write that. I'm, write, I'm putting my titles. Put that, put that down. Put that down. Me and Jack, we go way back. Crystal that's, Blue with the credits of the song good. making. No, I don't the, even the need that. Title. I just want the first copy. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want. So I know we jumped ahead. We're talking about Love and Whiskey, which is the current album that you have out right now in deluxe form. So everybody needs to go and get that wherever you download music. Because yeah. it's an excellent, excellent album. And by the way, it sounds amazing in my Jeep. I'm a Thank Bose you. speakers. We crank it up all the time. I got a new one coming too. Oh, really? Yeah. A new album already in yeah. the works. That's amazing. So yeah. now, but let's talk about a little bit about um, your record deal. Mm-hmm. Tell us, take us along that path. Like you, did you hit Nashville first and then meet all these people and sign this record deal? Or how did all of that happen? My story is the most unconventional story ever. I love I unconventional tell, stories. I tell, people, I tell people, like, 
I mean, it's the most conventional but unconventional. Like, it's not supposed to happen the way that it happened Yeah. for me. Uh, I had this producer that liked my music. Gene had reached out to him and talked to him. And the producer hit up Gene and was like, look, if you guys ever come to Nashville, tell Sam to hit me up. I'd love to come see him. Yeah. We were playing this real shitty bar off 2nd Street at the time. It was called uh, National Underground and okay. brought on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we were, it was before all the upgrades and stuff. It's super nice I was nice going to say, now. second now is like Florida Georgia yeah. Lines Bar and yeah. all that so kind it of was stuff. Not, yeah. It was not nice back then. <laughs> it was still all. seedy. It was sketchy. What year was this? Uh, 2014. Okay. And so I'm down there, and I text a guy. I was like, look. And it's, this is Lee Bryce's producer, by the way. Oh, okay. Lee had just had like two number ones with yeah. him. I text him. I was like, look, Gene told me to text you if I'm playing in town. I know you're not going to come, but... I, I just don't ever want you to be like, I didn't say anything. Right. So I'm telling you, I'll be there. I won't see you there. You know, whatever. He shows up with his wife. Wow. And he sits down, he listens to me saying, watch the whole set. I get done. He comes up, he goes, hey, can you stick around for two days? I was like, sure. He walked me over to a publishing company at the time called Olay. I played a song for him. The guy offered me a deal on the spot. A publishing wow. Deal on the spot. And uh, he wanted to sign me on a napkin. And I was like, yeah, man, let's do this. And Matt... The producer, thank God, was like, no, don't sign this deal yet. Mm-hmm. He's like, let me take you somewhere else. He took me over to Curb. Matt's a very smart guy. His name is Matt McClure. And uh, he took me over to Curb. I wrote on a retreat with those guys. They offered me a deal. Wow. Well, the head of Curb at the time and the head of Olay at the time, they hate each other. Oh, wow. So he got me in a full-fledged bidding war. So now it's on. Yeah. <laughs> and then here I am. I was 20, I don't know, 26 mm-hmm. at the time. And... uh so I, I got the highest paid publishing deal that year. Wow. And then all the major labels, because I'd only been there for a week. I'd only been in Nashville for one week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all the major labels wanted to see me. So I played a showcase. All four major labels offered me a record deal. Um, but all four major labels wanted me to fire my band. So I, told wow. them, so I told them no, all of them. And kept playing, kept building my story. And this is why Fredericksburg will always have a very special place in my heart. Because, one, it's the closest city to where I'm from anyway, so I've mm-hmm. always come to Fredericksburg. But guy, Colt Ford, comes into town. Yeah. And my buddy Taylor Phillips is on the bus. And me and Taylor have written songs forever uh, together, but we've been friends forever. And uh, Taylor just finished writing Hurricane for Luke Combs. Yeah, it's a great so song. So now he's out on the road with Colt writing songs. And he looks at the day sheet on Colt's bus and was like, holy shit. He goes, is Sam opening up for Unite? Colt's like, yeah, I guess so. I don't know who he is. Yeah. And uh, Taylor's like, well, we got to get him on the bus. We want him to write a song. I want him to write a song with us. Get him on the bus. I write a song with Colt that day. We wrote two. Wow. And uh, he was like, man, love your voice. And I was like, thanks. Get off the bus. And he asked Taylor. He's like, why doesn't he have a record deal? So Taylor tells him the whole story, everything that happens. And Colt was like, I'm going to go watch this kid. Walks inside, watches me and the band play. As we're coming off the stage, Colt's like, once I'm done with my show, I want you to come up on the bus. I got to talk to you about something. Like, All right. Get up on the bus. And uh, Colt goes, I want to sign you my record label. Wow. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, man. He goes, I promise you, I won't change anything. Love that you're dedicated to your band. I'm dedicated to my band. They're my family. Um, he goes, the only thing I want to change is I want more people to hear your music. And wow. he goes, I'll give you whatever you want if you'll come and sign with me. So I thought he's lying. I've been, you know. <laughs> You've been, been there, done that. You've yeah, heard it before. That, heard that, got the, the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, at the time, I'd been in Nashville then for, you know, four years. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard every story under the sun. I get a phone call from the VP of the label on Monday. He's like, are you coming in and playing songs for us or what? And I was like, well, is that for real? He's like, yeah. Went and played the songs. The whole staff voted unanimously. I signed my record deal. And that's it. And you've been with Average Joes ever since? Ever since, yeah. That's home an amazing of, home story. Of, home of Colt Ford, Brantley Gilbert, and Montgomery Gentry. Not a place, bad place to be. I was going to say, just surrounded by badasses yeah. at all times. That's, that's a pretty damn good home right not there. A, not yeah. a bad place to be. Yeah. yeah man. You know? That's a great story. Yeah. That's a great story. Now, Joe, swing that mic over to Joe because uh, he just missed it. Yes, but he was, But you were a part of that journey. Oh, was I ever? What are what, we talking about? <laughs> what does it feel like to know that Sam Grow walked away from major label deals so that he could stay with his band? You did what? <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Stupid. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> now, I mean, he's my best friend. And uh, yeah. the cool thing is, is we're a family and we're, we're really big on that. And we're all a unit. We all bring up, you know, a part to. Yeah to make it happen and do whatever we got to do. Like, 
I named my son Sam. You know, so he's named after him. He finally likes you. So that's cool. <laughs> that's cool progress. Took him a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only guy I liked was me. Aww. But uh I mean, we're just we're just close. I'll literally take take a bullet for him if I needed to. Yeah, it's just. What I it mean, is. that's got to make you go out there every night and play, whether you're in the mood or not. Like you just know. There's just a certain loyalty that yeah goes both ways on that. Like it's 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 awesome. It's uh, yeah, he's my best friend. I'd literally, you know, I would do the same for him if one of my favorite bands came up to me and was like, "Bro, yeah, we're yeah. gonna take like I love the band Pepper." Mm-hmm. If Pepper was like, hey, man, we want you to play some reggae music with us. Yeah. As awesome as that would be, I'd be like, I'm sorry, Pepper. Uh, yeah. Not today, but thank you. I mean, I've turned down. Next some- week, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah, we had a, there was a pretty decently known act that, that tried to offer me a job, and they went to Sam, and they were like, hey, man, we're going to take your drummer. And Sam was like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Give it a he, shot. Yeah. He knows I'm not going to do that to him just because he's shown me the same loyalty. It's, that's it's awesome. That's solid. Like, like that's that's really cool. That's um, that's my. You boy. don't hear those stories very often, especially in Nashville. Yeah. Well, I mean, I told, and I'll say it now. I don't care. I told Mike Duncan uh, from <laughs> Universal. Yeah. I was like, man, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair or talking to you if it wasn't for the band that I'm in. Like, yeah. Uh, and it's true. I mean, Gene and Mike, when they first found me, I was just a kid. They quit. These grown. These are grown men, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're thirty years older than me. Yeah. And uh, they had mortgages and car payments and bills and everything. Quit right. their jobs to support me to go out on the road so they can push harder for me. And what kind of guy would I be to right. get to that place and then be like, "Sorry, guys, I'll Peace see out. you later." You know, like yeah. it's just not because then you never know what's going to happen with those major labels. You never yeah. know. No, you know they I mean, could they could be interested in you for uh, five for minutes investment. or five years. Yeah, any label, major label. I mean, I should say, you know, they're they see a product and mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, I want to make money off you, as they should. They're business, right? That's, that's what business is. Mm-hmm. But there's, like I said, there's a loyalty of like all of us that have literally played in front of fifteen people, right. three of which are like our girlfriends and their <laughs> friends yeah. that came out to you know. <laughs> And you're up there playing like you're at Wembley, yeah. trying not to suck. And it's, <laughs> it's you know, when you've done those things and you've been drunk at Wawa eating <laughs> your second uh, turkey, turkey gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> because you're fat and depressed with each other and trying to make it get off the ground. Not that that ever happened. No. Like, More than once. What? I don't recall. I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. Without, dude, it ruins it. Oh, Honestly, man. The cranberry sauce ruins it. I like it the really cranberry does. sauce. <laughs> but that's why we're like the yin and yang, man. He's yeah. the cranberry sauce, and I'm not. <laughs> He's just stuffing. I'm the mashed potatoes. Taters. I'm oh gravy. <laughs> Little taters. Oh my god, that's that's the best story I think that so far I have heard in this room. Like that's a that's a great story because you, a lot of times you hear Nashville's a ten year town. You got to keep grinding, keep grinding, keep going, and everybody's just as talented as you and all this. But you clearly stood out. Yeah, you stood out as an individual, unique sound. Great voice, tight band, all of the things that they're looking for, and yet they knew something special about you the first time that they saw you, which is very cool. Well, I think also I just felt God put me in a very good circle of people. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, all my friends that are in that town, like Taylor Phillips, he's on his fourth. He's about to have another number one this year. He's on his fourth number one. He did that five years. Yeah. So, you know, it's I I think the people around you are what, you know, make you who you mm-hmm. are. And uh, I just, man, I, I never, my dream and goal was never to hop up on a, a bus and not have these guys with me. Yeah. I, I think that it would, that would be the most lonely, unsatisfactory mm-hmm. feeling I could ever have is to get up there with some dudes that are just making some show pay that a label right. put together that didn't yeah, build any of this. Guys, they wouldn't even put half the heart into no, it. They True. They wouldn't yeah. think this is cool. They'd be like, Normal, it, you know, expecting. yeah. Like, it's like they want, like, a lot yeah. of those players, men in town, they're like, You better have a tour bus. I ain't we literally yeah. toured in a van so small that, like, if somebody farted and nobody <laughs> said who it was, you knew who it was <laughs> because you're like, Oh, that smells like a gene fart. Oh, that fart's been there for about 45 years. I hope Gene does not hear this, he's gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gene. <Yeah. laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, so we were talking. Now we're talking about where you are today. 
Uh, you're out on the Whiskey Don't Freeze tour yeah. right now, which, of course, once again, back to that relationship you have with Jack. I know. Someone <laughs> should freaking sponsor me, man. <laughs> Jack Daniels, if you, you're I don't listening. know what you liquor companies are doing. Yeah, he likes the single barrel. Look, I'm just saying. <laughs> Hook it up. Guys, Actually, there's a yeah. handle of Jack coming your way tomorrow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He said forgot. It's my, <laughs> I did. I forgot. It's my... Uh, it's my birthday week. That's right. It is your birthday week. And I black out during these weeks. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Well, and you've got a big show to get to tonight, which I'm super excited. And you've brought these guys on tour with you, who, of course, one of our local favorites back on uh, episode five of the Words of Music podcast, by the Ooh. way, if you go back and check it out, Radio Romance. Yeah. How did that happen? So we've played a couple shows with these guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love them. I think they're super talented, and they're they're really nice. Uh, and you know, we're the we're the same. We're all the same age. You know, we just we vibe. Yeah. And so when we had this thing kicking off in Fredericksburg, um, I hit up Joe and I was like, "Man, what do you think the odds are we could uh, ask Sam and the boys to come up and play with us and just join the tour?" And he's like, "Man, they're gonna be busy." I was like, "Just try it." Yeah. So he tried it and it worked out. Nice, you know. So now, so you guys are going on four dates together. Four dates. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded weird. That that sounded different yeah. in my head. We're gonna date. <laughs> you guys We're are going dating. on four dates. It's very casual. <laughs> very casual, Joe. You don't have to worry. I'm full <laughs> <laughs> I'm married after the third date. <laughs> 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 yeah, they know you know everything after the third date. That's awesome. Oh, and, and I I love the fact I love this combination. Because they have a very different sound than you guys do. Yeah. And um, I remember the first time you guys, it w- I think it was back on that night that I met you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of the festivals where it was the first time that you guys were meeting each other. Because yeah. and, and those guys knew about you. Yeah. And you knew about them. You know what's funny is, we mm-hmm. were talking about this last night. Yeah. We both found out about each other because of people who are mutual listeners. I hate the word fan. It's the worst, it's the worst word ever. <laughs> so, like, people who supported us, we have mutual supporters. Yeah. And uh, some of them lived in Maryland, some lived in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Well, some of their supporters were like, hey, you should go play this place, The Barn, in Maryland, because this guy, Sam Grove, plays there. Yeah. Just like people were like, hey, you should come play this place, Hard Times, because this band Radio Romance plays there. Yeah. So, like, that's how we first ended up knowing about each other. It's I just love our that. paths never really crossed. You know? Yeah. We listened to each other, followed each other on Instagram, supported each other, but we never got to play any, you know. That's shows so together. cool. I love yeah. it. And like you said, you vibe, and I can totally see that. Yeah. I can totally see Yeah, we that. stayed up till 7 in the morning on the ride up, <sighs> just talking and laughing. And yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah, bet I y'all. Love, I love her, but like, yeah, we were up so late. My phone started ringing at 9 a.m. Was it me? No, no. it wasn't me. <laughs> mine, mine does, too. I just don't answer it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I'd be up. Yeah. You got out of you know what let's talk about some of those other responsibilities because both y'all are family men too you got some beautiful children and lovely ladies who love you very very much and support you got to hardcore (laughs) we really appreciate that oh my god you have to you have to appreciate that you gotta love you gotta love us for sure to stick in with what we do Mm -hmm. like it takes a special person man that's why I've had so many girlfriends I was gonna say I get questioned at (laughs) least once a week once every two weeks i can't deal with this anymore like we have four kids yeah Yeah. so she's a stay-at-home mom and god bless her she has not murdered one of them yet or you so So, yeah god bless her yeah she's she's a tough cookie she's the real mvp of this story yeah she got a nice butt too (laughs) shout out to the booty there you go she's mommy got that booty cheeks (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Oh, man. Presley, but that's Sam's daughter. My Presley James, mm-hmm. Sam, that is her man. She does. She's like, Daddy, I love you, but I love Uncle G. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Little shit. We do. <laughs> we we, bond, we bonded instantly. That's awesome. She does love you. She actually, because your birthday's next week, mm-hmm. and she said, uh, I'm going to buy Uncle G a house. I was, like, I was like, can Daddy pay rent for it? Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. She's awesome. So now you guys are surrounded by a new family, the Average Joe's family. Yeah. What kind of collaborations and stuff are going on behind the scenes over there? Well, I mean, me and Colt, we had a song together mm-hmm. um, on, yeah. this la- on this last album. And now on my second album, uh, Colt's producing it along with Noah Gordon and Noah produced Montgomery Gentry. Yeah. So um, I have Colt and Noah producing this next one, and uh, I'm super excited about it. We'll have another Sam Grow Colt Ford song on there. That's awesome. Um, and 
it's it's just been awesome. It's been a good yeah. good family to fall into, and it's it's such a like eclectic group of musicians and writers. You know, like Colts really kind of immersed me into the the country rap mm-hmm. genre, and of course. People can say what they want to say, but he's the originator of it. If yeah. not for Colt Ford, none of these guys have jobs. Amen to that. And uh, and he's been super kind to kind of like get me involved in that. So I've had like features with Demon Jones, who I love mm-hmm. Demon Jones. Yeah, he was just in town not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, and uh, and just uh, another uh, group called Cypress Spring, and we've got to go on tour with the Lax. And mm-hmm. so it's it's been a really cool thing to kind of like learn that culture and and be involved with it. And of course. Because everybody loves Colt Ford, especially in that group, um, they just adopt me. Yeah, that's cool. Colt adopted me. You You're know? like Colt Jr. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad family no, to be in. Not no. a bad family no, I at love all. It. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So this album, Love and Whiskey, mm-hmm. that was, uh, it's it's got some great rocking tunes on it, but yeah. it's also got some pretty profound songs. Yeah. Like Boots. Yeah. Tell me about Boots. I love Boots. It's a it's a song that I couldn't have written personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad he passed away uh, in September, the day before his birthday, and uh, 14 days later I signed my record deal. Mm-hmm. So I was still trying to grieve the loss of my dad uh, during the the signing process and the album process. That had to be hard. And yeah, it was it was rough um, and. There's just Nashville's just such a cool town if you know if you're in the right circle of people, and there was a lady that in a pitch meeting that knew that I'd lost my dad, and she'd kind of like done her research on him. And uh, there's this incredible writer named Josh Thompson in town. He's written a ton of hits for everybody. Um, he's got like four or five number ones with Jason Aldean, um, and he had pitched this song in, and she was like, you know, I know you know your story of your dad and I know all that stuff so I wanted to play you this song and she played it and instantly all the hairs on my arms standing up and it just felt like a letter from him to heaven I knew I had to cut it yeah and uh it's been I mean we end the show every night with it and um it's been such a cool cool song because it's developed more past the story of what I selfishly cut it for which right. was for my dad mm-hmm. and now it's become a big like military first responder song it has yeah and uh it's like some of my favorite things like i get messages on instagram all the time a firefighter getting ready to go into a fire and he's amping himself up listening to boots and you know people mm-hmm. flying over on one of the jets and they're taking a picture of their military boots and sending it you know like that's it's turned into something so much bigger and uh and i love it it's just I love how music can relate on so many different levels. True. You know, mm-hmm. one story, people can take it so many different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now you mentioned the military and the first responders, and that's something that's always near and dear to your always. heart, too. Yeah, always. And uh, that's, I think the first time I took notice of Sam Grow, you were playing at a veteran's benefit of some sort up north. Ohio. Uh, in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Then my husband yeah. was, yeah, yeah the guys were going up to, and... Um, it was kind of like, wow, who's this guy? And, and and you could hear these songs and you could hear the passion behind and you could hear how much respect you have for our men and women of the military and all the first responders and everything. Where does that come from? Well, I mean, obviously you're an American, so yeah. <laughs> we got Everybody that going. Everybody's got that, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, it's, uh, I, I was blessed again to two of my best friends in high school. Um, the day we graduated, uh, they went and signed up for the Marine Corps. Okay. And instantly, as a kid, it, it makes you realize what a big decision that is. And, of course, from 05 to 09, they were over in Iraq. Yeah. And, they, you know, they weren't even old enough to drink when right. they first were over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of which, one of my buddies, he didn't even want a lot of – I love the military for several reasons. A lot of it is kids that, you know, can't get all the education that they want to get because they can't pay for it. The, right. You know, the military steps up and does that for them. But that was not what my buddy John was interested in. He was frontline infantry. He wanted to go and legit fight for our country, mm-hmm. and uh, which is a special breed in itself. And uh, watching him and watching everything that he went through uh, during that whole recruitment, he did seven tours in Iraq. Wow. He didn't get to meet his, his daughter in real life until she was three. Wow. Uh, and just being that close to the pulse of somebody going through that, mm-hmm. uh, really, it really paints a good picture for someone to understand what, a family has to go through and what a person has to go through to to do that what kind of sacrifice it is and meanwhile while he's over there doing what he's doing 
I'm singing songs in bars, you right. know, like, and, mm-hmm. and I have the freedom to do that. I can go goof off because he's willing to take on some serious stuff. Yeah. And I just, man, I feel like if I can't use a platform, whether it's a small bar or a big stage, if I can't make people remind them every night that they should respect their military, their veterans, you know, their first responders, then I'm failing them um, by doing what I get to love and being free enough to do it because of them. I'd, I'd be letting them down if I don't use that platform to, to say something. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You're sitting over here with a, with a, a Marine infantryman uh, right here. And, and these guys, yeah, he is a good looking Marine. Huh? <laughs> Hands off Joe. Yeah. That one's mine. <laughs> but, and I know, and, and I, I don't want to speak for you, hun, but I know that uh, he and his friends, that means a lot to them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Coming from someone of, of your stature, and what you do, I mean, absolutely, it, it, it speaks to us that you're willing to, you know, speak up for us. So, man, I, I wouldn't have that opportunity if not for you, brother. And, and, and I, you know, you guys have golden hearts. Like when you put your name on a piece, of, and that's that's the hardest part for me too, is there isn't words that have been created yet that can properly describe a person that is cashing a check, a blank check, when they, it makes my eyes water, sorry. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're, you're putting your name on a line and instantly saying, I don't even know these people, but I'll go die for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's a, man, they, they haven't created a word. No, they haven't right. created a, a thing for, for someone to fully understand mm-hmm. that kind of dedication and that kind of love. That's yeah. like... That's love, you know, like real yeah. love, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, and not not just for your country and and for your family and selfishly, but for like people you don't even know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I know, and that's yeah. the, that's <laughs> the and that's the that, thing that's too. That's what messes me up, man. Like, yeah, and they do, awesome. and it, like we we love this. Uh, Twenty two kills is one of the the organizations we work with all the time, mm-hmm. and one of the heads there, he he literally got blew up over overseas and and lost his leg, lost mm-hmm. his arm, and and. He was standing there on the bus and talked to us about it, and he was like, man, if they called me right now, mm-hmm. I would go back and do it. He said, they, they can drop me right in the middle of that desert, mm-hmm. and I'd go. He said, for, for people like you, I would go over there and do it again. Yeah. Good old Roadhouse. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Good old Roadhouse. Yeah. yeah, and they'll all say that to you. Yeah. They'll all say it. And I they have, mean I, it. And they mean it. You know? They mean it with every fiber of their being. And so, so that's cool. That's the, what's cool about that is that they, they really get off when you get on stage and you shout them out. And you wear their T-shirts, and you show them that respect and that love. And it, oh, we know about that, don't we, yeah. buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> how, yeah. Could you not, how could you not? Show you, exactly. Love? You're like, absolutely there right. There's no reason on God's green earth for anyone to ever disrespect you guys. Period. The end, and not appreciate what y'all do. Yeah. And the the crazy thing is too, uh, a crazy high percentage, they'll go and they'll serve our country, mm-hmm. and they'll go and they'll fight in battle, and they come back home and majority of them will then go be a firefighter, mm-hmm. be a police officer. They keep a, helping. You know, Sorry, like, because that's in their blood. And it's like, yeah. you know, that was cool, but now I'm going to do come back to my country within my own borders and mm-hmm. fight the good fight here too. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it's it's just amazing, mm-hmm. you know? The it is amazing. The, the dedication. dedication. Yeah. They come back and they, they teach other soldiers. They teach other firefighters. They teach other police officers, whatever it happens to be. They come back and they they just it never leaves them. No, and we need to do better as Agreed. a country. Agreed. You know, to to take care of those men and women that are willing to do that, and the families. Agreed. Like, it, uh, that's a whole another portion of it too. Is, is when you're having a kid and you're marrying a man that wants to go over and you know lay everything out on the line. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that you're allowing them to do their passion to, to go and fight and, and dedicate their life to that. Yeah. And that causes a lot of, you know, stress and, and angst. And especially if you're one of those people who unfortunately lose that person that yeah. they love. You know, I just, I think that we need to do better as a country and, and take care of those people. Absolutely. You know? Like you got guys that will go catch a football for millions of dollars and then they won't stand up when the anthem plays. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And that's why I just, I, I get so passionate and angry about it. Like, yes, I understand that if not for those men and women going and fighting, they wouldn't have the freedom to do that. But right. because they have that freedom to do it, that's why they should respect it. Yeah. I think, I, I think the best thing I've ever seen on the internet was, um, if you don't stand, if you don't stand behind our troops, feel free to stand in front of them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Cause it, it, they're over there dodging bullets. Yeah. 
for us. Yeah. And you got to respect that. Yeah. You got to respect yeah. that. So, yeah. So huge shout out to you for all the work you do with veterans organizations. Because I know you play a lot of benefits yeah. and you do a lot of great work and you never miss the opportunity to say thank you. No. So no. that's that's something cool. I, I find absolutely Colts the same way Amazing. too. Yeah. And, I, yep. we're, uh, and a, Brantley is yeah. too. And oh, yeah, mutual. everybody on that label. Yeah. 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 It's a mutual love there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why, and I mean, Montgomery Gentry. Yeah. Like, I feel like uh, all of us, I feel like all of us have the same, you know, we all f- try to fight for the same, you know, people yeah. and, uh, and it just meshes really well over there. It feels like a family, you know. Well, when you all have the same values and same fundamentals and ideals and everything like that, I suppose that it just it makes everything better. It makes the music better. It makes the environment better. You never don't want to go to work. Yeah, no. Right? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I get to sing and play guitar. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it yeah. is awesome. All right, so let's talk about another one of the songs off of the Love and Whiskey album that I'm absolutely in love with right now. You guys just let me debut it on yeah. the radio station. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Drink about that. Yeah. Talk to me about that song. So it, I wrote the title down. Well, I'd written the idea down. I, it wasn't a title yet. Um, the girl I'm dating now, her name's Jordan. Uh, she was. Who, by date- the way, phenomenally talented in her own right. Right. Holy cow. She's crazy talented. Follow this girl on Instagram. Yeah. What's her Instagram handle? It's uh, Grain and Grow Co. Grain yeah. and Grow Co. Yeah, yep, it's find on her. Instagram. She, she's an incredible woodworker, mm-hmm. and she's Gorgeous. I was saying she's hot as hell. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) Way outside my coverage. (laughs) Way outside my coverage. But uh, you know, she she uh, was telling me the story about this guy she was dating, and um, they they clicked. You know, it was a they were going out on dates, and one of the times they had met, he had ridden his motorcycle, in and he asked if she wanted to ride back with him. She said no. She would just meet him later. And uh, as he was pulling out and driving back, uh, a lady pulled out in front of him, and uh, he lost his life instantly. Ugh. And um, it, you know, to get someone ripped away from you that fast right. is insane, and uh, especially at a young age that she was at. And I got to thinking about that, and I was talking to Taylor um, and my other buddy Chris Lindsay about the story, and Taylor's like, "Man, you know, I." Uh, I have those same scenarios this time. He goes, man, I still drink about those people. And I looked at him, and Chris Lindsay looked at me, and he was like, that's what we should write. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we just took that that whole angle of it takes one second. Yeah. You know, not not just the person driving, someone who is driving next to the person driving mm-hmm. to, to not pay attention or make a, a dumb mistake of, right. you know, trying to reply on an Instagram post while they're, mm-hmm. you know, behind a vehicle. And... Just that fast, that three seconds of, of responding to somebody can take someone's life or take your own. Yeah. And so we wanted to write about it. We wanted to tell the love story of, of two people falling in love and then that girl messing up by, you know, texting and, and then she he losing her. And, yeah. uh, and, and now he's living with that. Yeah, now, he, with lives, that now he lives with that. And, mm-hmm. then of course, the video, man, is like... <sighs> So heavy. And it's we, heavy, but it's yeah. brilliant. We flipped the we flipped a truck in it, and yeah. Ed Pryor, who did the video, is a genius, and uh, the actor and actresses in in the whole thing. Like it, it was, I mean, even Joe did a cameo in it. <laughs> I saw that. It's the yeah. one fun. <laughs> the one funny part of the video is <laughs> Joe being a cop. Yes, but. <laughs> but she but, made it a point to point Joe out. Yeah, to yeah. I was like, She's oh my like, God, yeah, you Joe. gotta check yeah. this part out. Yeah. Oh my God, that's Joe. Yeah. Are you serious yeah. right yeah. now? Yeah. And the, it was hilarious because they had wardrobe and stuff for him, and they reversed his sizes. Uh-oh. He wanted a, a, it was like a thirty-three thirty, and instead they gave him a thirty thirty-three, <laughs> and he went in and was trying to put on the pants. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And he was like, man. I'm not this fat. I know I'm not this fat. <laughs> Existential so crisis they, on the set. Yes, they, had to give them, they had to give them stretchy pants, and it was the funniest thing <laughs> oh in the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, some oh, things Joe. you really shouldn't tell yeah, us, but this is. is a podcast. Yeah. He probably shouldn't have stepped out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he shouldn't stretch, have. He had stretchy pants on. That's why they filmed him from the chest. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. oh. All right, there you go. A little yeah. behind the scenes. Now yeah. you have to go see the video, folks. Yeah, go man, for look sure. up the video and definitely download the song and the entire album, Love and Whiskey. Grab the deluxe set. So what's on the deluxe set that's not on the original album? What do you got extra? So I have one, two of my favorite covers. Um, which is Bring It On Home. Mm-hmm. And then I'm obsessed with Bonnie Raitt. Oh, I love her. 
And uh, I love her song, I Can't Make You Love Me. And oh, so my gosh, my you covered favorite. that? Yeah. All right, so here's the thing. Like, I, I always see when people put out deluxe sets, like, I don't no- normally buy them right away because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's the same stuff. I've already got this album. I'm about to go download this right now. Yes, because, I literally oh just my added God. it right yeah. now. See, it's a, thanks, man. See, it's a, it's a, I hate when people do that on deluxe. Yeah. And, and I think the label knew that I hated that because they talked to me about it, and I'm like, man, I feel like they're already getting the album and they don't get anything special after that. You know, it's like, a well, here's her, you know, I'll just use Luke, for example. Uh, sorry, Luke. But, like, <laughs> you know, here's Hurricane Acoustic. Yep. You know, it's yeah. not, but it's it's not, nothing, yeah, it, it's not a new song. Right. Um, but, you know, that's that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. Downloading right now. Need yeah. it. Because I got to hear that. I Bonnie Raitt, that song from Bonnie Raitt is Hold on one an all-time favorite. Go ahead. Take a picture. Hey, baby. Of course. Hey. I'm on. Hi. I'm on a. I'm on a. Uh, a podcast right now. You want to say hi? Hey, girl. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I love your Instagram. Oh, that's your baby girl. Yeah. Aw, hi, sweetheart. Hi. You're so proud of your daddy, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. She's like, eh, he's all right. He's all right. Can I call? Can I call you back when I'm over? With them, don't yeah. right, I love you, kid. Love you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I always answer. Oh, I love it. You have to. Yeah. yeah. How old is your baby girl these days? She's 11. 11. And she's not a baby anymore. Lord have mercy. She'll always her. be your baby girl, her, though. I had her when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had and, my first son when I was 20. Yeah. And uh, I, she takes great pride in letting people know that she raised me. We grew up <laughs> together. And uh, and she's just super smart. Like, oh. 11, 11 nowadays could go either way. Isn't it incredible? Yeah, but, like, they're super smart mm-hmm. and can completely just... Yeah, they can blow you out of the water. Yeah, end you on intelligence. Yep. You know, like, because yeah. they can Google it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, <laughs> and she does it on the regular basis. Yeah, I'm sure. Know? But yeah. she's super smart. I'm very, very lucky um, to have her in my life. She changed my life. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Man, all right, let's talk real quick. We only have a few minutes left. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that you, the modern day artist is struggling with right now right like so things like social media you were talking about how smart the kids are and everything like that things like social media i just reported somebody the other day had a fake sam grow instagram account yeah and it pissed me off because they stole pictures of your daughter yeah it's disgusting it is disgusting and i get those requests all the time or those follows especially on instagram it seems to be rampant and i report every single one of them yeah but what does that make you feel like when somebody does that i mean how violated do you oh, feel it, it irritates the hell of me. i mean one of them had the balls to follow me on <laughs> instagram and i wrote him and i was like look i'm gonna you know block you and stuff like that and i'm gonna report this page but before i do i have to tell you to use a picture of my kid mm-hmm. on this page that you don't know her and you're invading my privacy and now and my, putting a my child daughter, in danger my daughter yeah. Uh, I was like, it's lucky. You're lucky that I know you're not anywhere close to my vicinity, mm-hmm. you know? And, and of course that, when I wrote them that they deleted their own page. Right. But like yeah. that is, you shouldn't have to do that. You like, shouldn't. Man, dude, if you're going to steal my pictures and, and shit and try to ask people for money, fortunately, everybody who follows me understands and knows that I would never do, I'm not right. going to hit you up and ask you for an iTunes gift card or right. tell you to send me some, you know, yeah. some other, but you know, it, the sad thing is that sometimes I do get through on people and, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's awful. It is know? awful. Yeah. You got to be careful out there. You got to be yeah. real, real careful. Yeah. So one more thing I want to mention, and uh, I saved it till the end because it's something that's happening right now as we speak in the world of radio. Yes. Things have gone crazy. I'm so excited that we're talking about this. Good. Right I'm glad. Um, things have gone crazy and, uh, there's been, I think something like 1200 layoffs in the last few days. Um, iHeartMedia is just sort of blowing all of their personalities out of the water. It seems like everybody in programming and on air is being affected. I know plenty of people that are being affected. Now, what got me thinking, I, I started to think about it. I thought, you know, this is going to affect the music charts eventually, and it is going to affect the way an artist develops. Yeah. Talk to me about that. What do you when you look at it as an artist from an artist's perspective and you start realizing that radio stations are going to become few and far between, especially those big ones that you go visit on the regular, mm-hmm. a lot of those are going to go away. Yeah. Thanks well, to this nonsense. Well, I think stations like this station Our station is independently owned and operated. You saying. ain't never got to worry about us I not think, being here I for you. I think that the reason, the main reason why 
independently owned radio stations are flourishing and always will Mm -hmm. is because their owners still believe in music discovery. Yes. And still believe in a local listener listening in and wanting to know what is going around in their community, in their area. Yes. And they allow their DJs to still continue their passion of what they got into radio in on the first place, which is finding new music, finding new artists, Mm -hmm. and letting their friends and people discover them. Right. If once you take that away from radio, which iHeart did, mm-hmm. uh, it's no surprise to me. I knew four years ago when they started satelliting a playlist into everybody to have to play every single day right. that they were going to sink because mm-hmm. people, you can't make people, music is a feeling, it's a mood, yeah. it's, a, it's a, a day-to-day changing thing. And you can't force somebody to want to listen to something or for some mood. It just right. doesn't, it does, doesn't work. Yeah. Cultivated playlists yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And, and Garth Brooks, I think said it best. He said, people come to radio because they don't, it's the only place left where you don't know what's coming next. Yeah. You don't know what the next yeah. song is going to be until you yeah. sit there and you listen to it yeah. and you, you discover music on the radio and then you go wear it out on streaming. Yeah. And, and I love that analogy. And I yeah. thought that was great what he said, but I started to really worry about, I started to really worry about the artists because from my perspective, we're not a reporting station. We're an independently owned station. We're not a reporting station. So we are incredibly grateful and very, very lucky whenever an artist comes through. So thank you, first of all, for supporting our Always. radio well, station. Well, these are the ones that the, the artists should come through, but they I don't. I agree. They don't they, because we don't affect their spins, yeah, unfortunately. Is, it's a it's all about money, mm-hmm. checks, and what the label is cashing in on. Right. And fortunately... My label was built on independent radio yeah. and music discovery. Uh, Colt, he actually, that was his first thing was P2 stations. He mm-hmm. didn't care about the main yeah. ones, you know, if they picked him up or whatever. And, of course, he made a great living as a songwriter yep. making on all those main, major stations. But Colt himself was always passionate about the stations that were in pulse and in tap with the people who actually drive around there yeah. and listen to the station still, you know. And... uh I, I heart radio, man. I I knew it was going to go in that direction a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, it's it would be like you getting on the treadmill every day and having to listen to the same playlist every day for the rest of your life. Like and it's just it. not. And on every single station, it's yeah. going to sound exactly the same across the country. And sales and don't reflect. Like, I mean, I love these a lot of these artists, and I congratulate them on getting number one songs. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, when they're getting a number one song, if you go up to a random person right now and you're like, "Hey, do you know who this person is?" They're like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they just had a four-week number one on mm-hmm. radio. And they're like, really? Yeah. You know? Right. But they can tell it's you. It's not every- impressive yeah, they can as tell it used you- to be. Yeah, they can tell you everything. Like, Emery, my daughter, man, she doesn't. If she is more proud that her dad has, you know, 130,000 monthly listeners and two, 2.5 million streams on a single, she's more proud of that. Absolutely. she would be like, radio, I don't how do I listen to that? Yeah. You know, right? like that's, that's just how, unless, I, and it just, it, that's how it's evolving, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it, it, they basically forced people to be that way. Right. You know? Yeah. It, it which sucks. And it does suck. I, I mean, radio, of course, my era, when you got started in music like that, that was the, the, the end all be all. Was yeah. You get the record label, you get the, the radio tour and you and you go out and you do that and it, I feel like what makes me the the saddest is I have a lot of friends and I heart radio and those you know big you know own corporate mm-hmm. radio and they're all sad because they got into radio to find artists and break artists mm-hmm. and they don't get to do that anymore they and don't now, even get to take requests no and then you know like PDs like these really you know, mm-hmm. big deal PDs and program directors are moving across the country and they're buying houses because iHeartRadio is like, we got you in on this thing and we got you this job and they're buying houses. And then so cold, they're throwing an ax on them. And yeah. they didn't they didn't allow They're like, because of numbers, but you never allowed those people to grow numbers or take a risk to grow numbers anyway. You gave yeah. them a playlist that already doesn't work and then expect them to make numbers rise and they tell them to not to shut up yeah you don't get to talk you get to keep the music rolling you've got three seconds between songs and that's it one of my favorite favorite guys in the world is michael jay's syndicated on 65 stations and uh he will break the rules constantly for me (laughs) rule breakers are fun yeah and he's almost he's almost gotten fired but he's Mm -hmm. told him several times he's like you're gonna have to find somebody to come in here and record 65 shows and i don't know who's gonna do that right you know so 
like there's some people that still to keep themselves sane mm-hmm. they do that yeah. you know they'll, they'll break the rules and bend the rules but yeah man, god bless the independent stations well, i'll tell you what we're rule breakers around here that's I for love, sure in absolutely. 2019 we did a whole lot of revamping to our playlist and to our music and it, one of the fun things about us is that we get to pick our own music yeah. and in se- the conversation right now of course revolves around females in country music, just yeah. not getting the representation no. because there were all these rules back in the 90s that were set. You're not supposed to play two females in a row, just all this nonsense, right? Yeah. We threw all those rules out the window last Good. year and it didn't affect us in one. And I haven't heard a single complaint. No, um, people want to hear it. People want to hear everything. And you know what's crazy? Yeah. This is what I heard and this is what I think is insane. What their plan is, iHeart's plan is, is after they fire all these people, mm-hmm. They're going to have a computer-generated playlist, yep. right? Yeah. And then that computer-generated playlist is going to, in regions, figure out who is listening to who in those regions and then add them into the playlist. Yeah. So if you just did what independent radio and privately-owned radio did in the first place, all these people would have still had their jobs. Thank you. <laughs> How dumb is <laughs> Thank that? Thank you. How dumb yeah. is that? And nobody got into radio for a paycheck. No. We didn't get into radio for a paycheck. No. We get into radio because we love the music. Yeah. We love the artists. We love talking into a microphone. We love that feeling of connection with an audience. Yeah. That's yeah. why we do it. Yeah, and the closeness. Yeah. You know, like it, that and, relationship. Yeah, and people mm-hmm. want to listen to the radio to hear their area mm-hmm. and yeah. their people, you know, yeah. and then you, you stripped all the stations of that. Yep. And now it's failing. And then you're basically going to go back and just allow a computer to do what you should have allowed the talent to do in the first place. Yep. But, you know, and it's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's like you fired everybody to just you change the system and then you fire everybody because they weren't doing what they wanted to do. And right. Should have been doing it, in the first place. It's a whole new level of insanity. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole new level of insanity. That's why I thank the Lord every single day that I get to come in here to an independently owned station, and I get to hang out with guys like you. Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. All right, man, we're at an hour. You got a show to get to, sir. Come on. A birthday to celebrate. That's right. All right, everybody pick up Love & Whiskey, the deluxe version, on sale now Mm -hmm. where you download music. Sam Grow, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Appreciate Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Words and music.